This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1116 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by EquestrianCollections.com. horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. On today's tip, Steve Krauss joins the Hit'em crew to talk about the WITH protocol, which frankly sounds like a Robert Ludlum novel, but apparently not. And we'll get right to our tip after this from EquestrianCollections.com. Well, hi everybody, Coach Jen here from Horse Radio Network, and I'm with Debbie from EquestrianCollections.com. And as is her habit, Debbie is here with the EquestrianCollections.com product of the week. Take it away, Debbie. Well, hi, Jen. As all of our listeners know, I am all about the colors. I'm featuring the Ovation Sorrento breeches. Now, these are full-seat breeches. Um, but the big deal is these things come in some really cool colors. Navy, amethyst, the regular old black, cobalt, jade, all of these way cool colors. You gotta come on the site and look at them. And they also come in regular and long lengths. So there's a, something for everyone. You know what? Everybody has full seat breeches, but not everybody has them in green. <laughs> yes, and they're, 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 I would say that's going to be Kelly green. That's that's not your boring old hunter green. That's a Kelly green. And they have lovely exactly. sla- lovely slash pockets in the front with complete with a little bit of bling on them so that you can put your cell phone mm-hmm. or your chapstick in there. These are great looking breeches, Debbie. And don't forget the two bottoms, which make them so you can stick them in your boots um, easily. So I just really think they're um, something different and fun. And I think these days um, people are looking for that. So take a look at the Sorrento breeches made by Ovation at www.equestriancollections.com. Fantastic. We'll see you next week, Debbie. And this is the time of week where we get to talk to Steve Krause. He is the head of farrier services at Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. The most, uh, I think, clear and understandable farrier on the planet, probably why you have the job you have. But uh, we love having you on. And uh, what are we going to, first of all, before we go any further, let me just back up. Do you think the Pharaoh's going to handle it this weekend? Well, you know, he should be able to, and it'd be nice to see a triple crown winner. Um, but, you know, the Belmont is uh, has a history of, of, of breaking hearts. And um, so uh, you don't know who's waiting in the wings that's got the real speed and distance. So, you know, if he, that's why winning the Belmont after those two other races is uh, a real feat, you know, and, and uh, I wish him well. I know. We hope hope for the best. We'd I think we'd all love to see one at this point. All right. So back to what we we're actually going to talk to you about. It is something called the WIP protocol, and uh, this is a an objective method to determine hoof care needs and whether your horse can go barefoot. T- talk to me about what this is and and why it is. So uh, in the last several years, there's been a lot of. Um discussions, arguments, misconceptions. Um, people always want a one-size-fits-all solution for their hook care needs. 
And unfortunately, there is not. So whether a horse needs shoes or whether a horse can go without shoes, there's a lot of variables that you need to consider. And, and that's what the WIS protocol is, because when you think about it, there's over 9 million horses in this country. Most of them are not shod. And the reason why we do shoe the somewhere is around 2 million of them, give or take, is because there are definite needs that have been uh, found that you need to shoe horses rather than have a fantasy that all horses can go barefoot or every horse, you know, uh, is being hurt by the shoes or anything like that. So I've developed an objective way to discuss this rather than the emotional stuff that happens. <laughs> Wait, what? Women, women with horses getting overly emotional about opinions? Come on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I've been at this business for a while and uh, <laughs> I, I can... Actually, my second calling would be a, a psychoanalyst for uh, women horse owners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it. Now, but, so, okay. Um, so, you know, talk actually, to- actually, I'm just making light of the subject, but um, uh, we do spend a lot of time with, with, you know, horse owners in general, and mostly women own horse owners. And um, certainly, um, I think women are more emotionally involved with their horses than most men are. And there is a definite difference between the way men and women who own horses and use horses. But let's talk about the feet instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so WIT is an acronym. And the acronym stands for, W stands for work. What kind of work does the horse do? There are certain types of work that you absolutely need shoes to be competitive. There are certain types of work that you may not need to, to, you know, keep your horse sound and healthy. I stands for intensity. Intensity is the amount of power this horse is transmitting to the ground. So that could be like a draft horse pulling logs out of the woods, or it can be a dressage horse under a lot of collection, or a barrel racing horse, you know, trying to, you know, get traction on, on his turns around the barrel. So, you know, speed usually is intense, but not necessarily. Okay, so then you move on to D, duration, which is like distance. So what is the distance this horse is used at? What's the competition schedule? Uh, what kind of training schedule? So horses that are used over great distances or, or you know, long durations are more likely to have foot issues if they're, if they're barefoot. Um, then as we get into T, T stands for terrain. So different types of terrain around the country are going to dictate different types of traction needs. Hardness versus softness of terrain. You have pavement. You have prairie. You have all kinds of things in between. And climate is, is kind of tied into terrain. So mm-hmm. certain places around the country, shoes tend to be more necessary than other places. And then the last is H, which stands for the horse, the individual itself. Different breeds are more likely to need different types of hoof care. So the individual horse breed, the individual horse within the breed, not all quarter horses are the same, not all thoroughbreds are the same, and so on. And the horse also has to do with the rider, the care, and everything. So all these things come together, and you plug in logical, um, you know, uses of of all these different categories and can come up with a, a, a scenario that your horse likely needs shoes or likely can be okay without shoes. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, this is fantastic to to look at it like this. Um, I had to Google it because I wanted to stare at uh, the actual like what 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 it meant. 
and this is awesome because I have living out here in Arizona for some reason women get overly emotional about the dang shoes and they think every single horse on the planet should be barefoot because it's natural and all this crap, but it's like nothing else is natural that you're doing with your horse. You're just going to pull the shoes off. So this is a little bit Are of they a, also riding bitless and bridleless. Uh, and- <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, they're all, well, but that's, that's an individual choice that, that they can make. If it works for the horse, I am not going to, say that it, it shouldn't be oh, done. No, it's so, great for their uh, horses. But what they do is they tell you how you need to do your horse. Um, you know, and I have event horses and, and they're thoroughbreds and, and looking at this, uh, acronym, uh, the work is eventing. The intensity is very hard. The duration is very long. The terrain is unforgiving at times. And then the horse is a thoroughbred. All those things beg for a set of four shoes. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. So I, 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 I do, I love this, uh, cause it kind of gives you a little bit of a kind of parameters to go by. Uh, now, uh, what type of horses, Steve, do you find that fit in the category of that can be barefoot? Like, what do you look for in uh, the WITS protocol? Certain strains of Arabian, that, and, and not the showy type Arabian that the show ring is produced, but, you know, the solid type Arabian horse that's being used um, for a lot of endurance racing. They nice can be walls, But even some of those horses will benefit with either protection or traction. Um, especially if their distance and duration is, 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 um, you know, intense. Like I have one client that's going to ride in the fifth cup this year and, you know, we know this horse can't do this barefoot. So this horse will be shot for the Tevis cup. Yet, yet um, I will tell you this, uh, Karen, who hosts our, Karen, who hosts our endurance day, we hear once a month, uh, and has ridden 10,000 miles, uh, and Tevis many times, uh, has her horses barefoot and she uses boots. Um, because she can take Correct. them off. And that's yep. another way to do it. Yep. And, and, yeah, and boots can be helpful. In the Northeast here, where we're wet a lot, um, and the person riding this horse is riding this horse in, in, in very muddy conditions where she's doing most of her training, the boots fill up with mud, mm. and the mud <sighs> kind of gets in there, and now it's like you've got stuff underneath between the foot and the, and the sole and, and the bottom of the boot. And plus that constant, um, you know, if the boots fill up with mud, now you're rotting the horse's feet away. So again, you know, what's the terrain? What's the horse? It's the same thing. Um, the, the boots are great. Um, I'm a, a definitely favor for boots, especially when you can't find good farriers. Mm-hmm. So you're better off booting the horse than having shoes that don't work or, or, or lack of shoes. And actually, it's more important if you don't trim your own feet. Like we use, we, we're barefoot down here with my driving pony and Jennifer's riding quarter horse. Um, we, we're bare feet and we use the boots. And we, it's more important for us to have a farrier now to trim the feet because the boots don't fit if the feet get too long. So you, right. have, you right. have to have the feet just right for the boots because you're buying the boots for a very specific <clears throat> size foot. Uh, but you're right. I mean, down here, right. though, we're sandy. I mean, they don't really need shoes. So, you know, we're, we're, we're nothing but sand. Um, and we, we're, sure. we, we put on the boots and we're going out in the roads, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're looking at the terrain and you're coming up with that as an overriding factor as well as the horse's compatibility to it. Right. So you're actually using your brain. Oh, yeah. So yeah. so you said Arabians, you find that 
some Arabians, the type of Arabians that you're talking about can go shoeless. Um, I mean, I have a Mustang whose feet are fantastic, but we do have, go on some rocky terrain. Is there something like later on, should I be concerned? I would like for him to be an event horse, but the fact that he's a Mustang with really great feet now, do you think he'll never need shoes or is it something that I'm going to have to revisit? Well, again, the shoes may just, you may have to shoe them just for the, be able to use studs for traction. Right. Because, yeah. bare, you know, you only have a certain amount of traction barefoot. And if you're jumping at speed on muddy, slippery terrain, um, you will not be com- as competitive and the horse will not be as safe as you would if you had shoes on. And then you can put, use removable screw caulks to, um, you know, bury that for your terrain. So traction equals safety and traction equals competitiveness. So some people say, and I've heard this before, that a horse that's barefoot has more traction uh, and and is more stable than a horse with shoes on. Is that crazy? Well, okay. But again, what's the terrain? Um, In certain terrain? Sure. I rode a horse out in Montana at a cattle roundup years ago without shoes all week on the terrain out there, the horse was just fine. We were going up and down canyons and everything, no problem whatsoever. There was no better traction that the horse could have had for that. But if you in the Northeast, when it gets icy, uh, icy hooves, horses that are slipping on ice all the time. In fact, we get horses in here injured from falling on the ice that are barefoot. So, you know, it's all, again, individual to the horse and, and the situation they live in. Um, I've heard that argument many times before, but it doesn't hold water when you talk about um, anything that has speed and intensity or, you know, various different types of terrain. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and so then again, I, what's compatible for the horse? That makes sense. Of One of my students... Um, she needed this wits protocol when she headed up to college in Montana. She lives here in Arizona and shipped up in the fall to took her horse up to uh, Montana. And everybody there told her, oh, you have to pull your horse's shoes because the snow balls up in the foot. And so you don't want to have the, the shoes on. Well, she pulled the shoes off so the snow wouldn't ball up. But my God, the horse couldn't walk. Because it was so sore because it'd never been without shoes. So, uh, I mean, there's got to be, I mean, this has got to probably get a little bit more into schools and stuff like that. I just, people paint with a broad, broad, broad stroke and and sometimes the horses pay for it. Again, the horse, some horses will adjust or transition to being barefoot. And so if it's a very abrupt change, the horse didn't have time to adjust or maybe a little more hoof could have been left. But what we do here where it's snowy in the Northeast and slippery and icy is that either the horses are barefoot or they're shod with, with like drive studs and anti-snowball pads. And so they don't fall up. Um, they have traction on ice. It's usually only on the front to keep them comfortable and happy. And we get these freeze thaw cycles. So, you know, two weeks later it may you know, sun can come out and, and melt everything. And then you have this muddy soup and then that freezes over. And now if you have barefoot horses walking on this frozen mud, they're, they're very sore footed. And we have to see a lot of, um, uh, coffin bone fractures and bad bruises. 
So, oh you know, terrain is something you can't hardly control in some places. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, this is fantastic. Where can people go to learn more about the width protocol and kind of, uh, I'm going to post an article that I found about it, which is really interesting, uh, from AmericanFarriers.com. But where can people go to learn right. more? That's the only place because I wrote that article and <sighs> um, that's uh, published there on American Farriers Journal um, website. Well, and good job, you. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's one of the uh, it, it was published in one of their issues. I can't remember which issue, but I think it's about a, two years ago that was published in the American Farriers Journal. And I do have a presentation that goes through the whole thing that I've given all over the place. So um, you know, that's the only other way to see it, actually. Uh, you, you can get us through the Cornell Farrier Program Facebook page. And there you have it. You can find links to today's guests at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of equestriancollections.com and listeners like you. To find out how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks, go to horsetipdaily.com and click on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. Music.